The Sci-Fi Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast. The Sci-Fi Film Podcast. I like one of the gremlins. <laughs> Don't you laugh. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to um, the Sifora Film Podcast. Don't know what I was going to say. Then, but it, whatever it was, I forgot what it was. So there you go. At least it was English this time. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, I am Andy Walker, uh, marginally better than I was in the last episode, and I have with me again, once again, 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 and again, um, my son Scott. Hello, Scott. Hello there. Hello. And of course, Amy. Hello, Amy. Hello. <laughs> and uh, we're here for our Christmas special. Happy Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Happy Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you in the UK, uh, I have to say that uh, this time of year always, for me, just brings to mind the uh, reality TV star who sounds like somebody saying the season's greetings to somebody else with a speech impediment, Abby Titmus. And uh, <laughs> Abby Titmus. Yeah, Abby Titmus to you, mate. Anyway, enough of all that rubbish. I love the fact that you just told a joke that's only going to be relevant to anyone in the UK that listens to this. Hey, you know. We, we, know, we both know the fact that we've got people from over in the States that listen to this. They're probably now going to go, what earth is he talking about? Maybe they'll Google it. <laughs> Google day, happy, uh, Merry Christmas, Merry Titmus. Happy Titmus will be top of the choice, top of the scrolling thingies in I don't know what I'm talking about now going going it's going I've got it I've lost it completely any road up um it is Christmas it's a Christmas special and uh this year for our Christmas special we're doing something else um <laughs> we have we have sci-fi and horror on on display I think ish in very um, loose terms of the word Yes, uh, we're going to start off with uh, something from 1978. It is a not a film, this is a television special. Yeah. Um, and it is the Star Wars holiday special. Um, yeah. Uh, Star Wars holiday special from TV, uh, 1978, American TV. Uh, and amazingly, they took off Wonder Woman and, and the Incredible Hulk to show this. <laughs> um, or is the thing is that actually only says at the beginning, we're not showing the Incredible Hulk, but yeah. the Wonder Woman not even getting mentioned anymore. There you go. Uh, so it was directed by uh, two people, uh, a guy called Steve Binder, who basically just does TV specials. He, he does all sorts of TV specials, music, acting, um, I knew he said voluntary then, but that's not the right word. Obviously. <laughs> voluntary variety. TV specials. <laughs> variety ones and that sort of thing. But that's basically all he seems to do. Um, and the other guy is a guy called David Akomba, who's actually uncredited as the director. Uh, well, but he does like some TV stuff and lots of specials as well. Um, but he did do a film called Nightlife in 1989. He directed that. So there you go. Um, now, the, the writers for this, you have Rod Warren, who just writes TV specials. Bruce, Sorry, I'm I'm shocked that there was writers. Yeah. Bruce Villanche, 
who does just TV specials. Uh, then we have um, Mitzi Welsh, who just does TV specials. Uh, Pat Proft, who, although she does mainly TV specials and that, also wrote the screenplays for Scary Movies 3, 4 and 5 and a film called Mostly, Go Mostly Ghostly. I'm assuming it was another comedy. <sighs> um, then we have Leonard Rips, who was the guy who wrote the screenplay and the original story for Frankenweenie. Oh. That, I was not expecting no. that. No. Uh, <clears throat> George Lucas, who, who wrote the main characters and all that kind of stuff. So let's, get on, main, let's get on to the cast, the main characters. I'm not going to go through all the cast because I can't, couldn't be asked to go through it all, to be honest with you. Uh, obviously, mainly we have Star Wars people. So we have Mark Hamill. Uh, Mark Hamill did some TV shorts and video game stuff in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s and 2020s. A list of films. I'm not going to go through the full titles of these either. Oh, uh, Star Wars 4, 5, and uh, 6, uh, which is 77, 98, uh, Slipstream, 1989, The Giver, 1991, Black Magic Woman, 1991, Time Runner, 1993, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, in 1993, Village of the Damned, 1995, Laser Hawk, 1997, Watchers 4, 1998, uh, through the Mobius Strip in 2005, that was voice only. Um, Robotech The Shadow Chronicles in 2006. Battle for Terror 2007, voice only. Dante's Inferno 2010, voice only. Quantum Quest 2010, voice only. Uh, then we got Star Wars 7 2015. Batman Killing Joke 2016, voice only. Uh, Star Wars 8, 2017. Child's Play in 2019. Voice, he did the voice of Chucky in that. And Star Wars yeah. 9 in 2019. Yeah, it was raised, and raised another Star Wars that I like, Mark Hamill. <laughs> Mark Hamill, apart from doing the Star Wars stuff, he's the voice of the Joker in a lot of the Batman cartoons. And games. Uh, and games. And some of the games as well. The yeah. voice of Chucky in the new, new films. Um, and he's all, he was also in the Flash TV series, the original one in the 90s and the new one. Yeah. Playing the he's same just, character. Yeah, the, he, he seems to sort of, he seems to have a very wide range of stuff that he's played in. Yeah. Like, obviously, I know that like, one of the other characters, like Harrison Ford, he's been in loads of stuff. But Mark Campbell's ones very, seems to be very obscure. I think, <laughs> I, I think the thing is, it's a way to make yourself so that you can, you're going to be booked for Comic-Cons for the rest of your life. That and the fact that it means yeah. you're not, you're not um, typecast, isn't it? You think that like certain ones get typecast into being yeah. they're just going to play that that type of person. That if you right. then play everything, <laughs> you really can't really get but, done for that. We've got a Harrison Ford. I've left out all the Indiana Jones, Jones ones because they're not really sci-fi or horror or anything like that. They're just not really good either. Action, fantasy type things. So for Harrison Ford, he did some TV in shorts and stuff in the seventies. Um, got Star Wars 4, 5, then Blade Runner in 1982, then Star Wars 6, What Lies Beneath in 2000, Cowboys and Aliens 2011, Ender's Game 2013, Star Wars uh, 7 2015, Blade Runner 2049 2017, and Star Wars 9 in 2019. Um, can't believe how old that man is either. But there you go. Um, so it's, it's weird that he's that old and he's only just started looking. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Fisher did some TVs, short stuff in the 70s, 80s, 2000s and 2010s. Uh, we've got Star Wars 4, 5 and 6. Uh, the Time Guardian, 1987. Screen 3 in 2000. Sorority Row in 2009. Star Wars 7 in 2015 and Star Wars 8 in 2017. She was also in Star Wars 9, but only for a, a brief sort of cabinet. As, as long as it, 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 it um, was it her uh, image was used, yeah. not her. Yeah. Uh, then we got Anthony Daniels, 
did some TVs and short stuff in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. Uh, in the Star Wars Forwards 1977, Lord of the Rings 1978, voice in the cartoon, uh, Star Wars 5 and 6, I bought a vampire motorcycle in 1990. Brilliant. It was in Star Wars 1, 2, and 3. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars in 2008. Uh, Star Wars 7 uh, in 2015. Rogue One in 2016. Star Wars 8 in 2017. Solo in 2018. And Star Wars 9 in 2019. Interesting thing I thought was the fact that although he was in Solo, he wasn't playing C-3PO. He was playing a completely no. different which is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the few that's actually credited to be in every almost every Star Wars film, but he's the only one that doesn't play the same character. And we have Peter Mayhew, who of course plays Chewbacca. Uh, did some TVs and shorts in the 1980s. And we got Star Wars 4, then Terror in 1978, Star Wars 5 and 6. Star Wars 3, Yesterday Was a Lie in 2009, Star Wars 7 in 2015, and Killer Inc. in 2016. That's a very good one. Um, we have James L. Jones. I found this fascinating. James L. Jones did the voice of Darth Vader. For the first three films, no, sorry, for the first two films, he was uncredited. And for the last two films, he was uncredited. Okay. Very strange. Okay. So he was got uh, Star Wars 4, The Exorcist 2, The Heretic in 1977, Star Wars 5, Blood Tide 1982, Star Wars 6, uh, Field of Dreams 1989, Grim Prairie Tales 1990, Terragram 1990, The Meteor Man 1993, Star Wars 3 2005, Rogue One, 2016, Star Wars 9, 2019. Uh, now, as we've already gone into any detail with, there were also appearances on this by B. Arthur, who was one of the Golden Girls, Art Carney, who was in loads of films right back to the 1940s, um, Dinah Carroll, who's a singer. We'll get on to her a bit later. Harvey <laughs> Tolman who's a comedian who appeared in three or four of Mel Brooks' films, including mm -hmm. um, Blazing Saddles. Yeah. He seemed very out of place and a bit odd there. And, of course, the band Jefferson Starship. <laughs> yeah, because they fit in so well with Star Wars, don't they? Just cause... Well, they're called Star something, so I suppose it's, you know. Uh, so the synopsis for this says, Chewbacca and Han Solo try to get to the Wookiee homeworld of Kashyyyk to celebrate Life Day, but are impeded by an imperial blockade. Chewie's family passes time with various forms of entertainment. Then. Okay. <sighs> so, bearing in mind the quality isn't absolutely fantastic, although it is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, also bearing in mind it was a made-for-TV thing rather than having a big budget Mm. Like a film, what did you think? Go on, you go fast. This... <laughs> oh, no, See, this is the my my big issue, and I had this the whole way through. It, it was such a dilemma. Now, obviously, I know how you feel about Star Wars. You made that very clear. Um, I am a massive fan of Star Wars. Everything <laughs> the first day I saw the first one, and I still am. Until I saw this. It genuinely upset me. Right. Now, I get the fact, obviously, like you said, yeah, it didn't have the massive budget. It went straight to TV. It was just a TV special. First off, it was a holiday special that was meant to be put out for the Christmas period that was released in November. Yeah. Um, and the first, what, 20 minutes of it? 10 minutes of it? It's just Chewie's family talking to each other with no idea what's going on. Three people talking in Wookiee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three people talking in Wookiee, which is obviously them having an argument with no subtitles, no revelation of what's going on, apart from hand gestures. Yeah. Brilliant. I have a few bones to pick with it, but that's just because of the fact that there's the inaccuracy of certain things on it, but that's just because I'm a 
bit of a nerd and I know certain things about it. Oh, it just wet me up. It genuinely annoyed me. And I hate the fact that it did. I, I really wanted to give it a chance. And then it started up and... Yeah. I've got, I've got to say, I was... I was concerned because I hadn't seen this and I didn't know a lot about it. I was concerned that it was going to be somehow they were going to try and shoehorn Christmas or Thanksgiving or both into the Star Wars universe. And I could not for the life of me see how they were going to do that. Yeah. I was glad to see they didn't try to do that, that it was just a celebration. Yeah, it was a life life day. day. Yeah. I'm glad they they, they did that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first 10 minutes of it being three people you've never come across before arguing with each other in Wookiee. Yes. Kind of like, the thing, what, what? The thing is that makes me laugh with that, yeah, is the fact that this was released, and I looked this up, this is meant to be set in between, um, this is going to get so complicated, in between the original movie and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So it's set between, set on, uh, just after the very first one. Uh, <laughs> It's not until in the Star Wars universe and all the pictures, all the films and all that, you don't actually find out who Chewie's family are until the recent movies. Okay, yeah, I know they're the prequel ones, but until the recent movies. Yeah. So anyone, yeah, anyone in the 70s that this was going on, this does just look like it's a make-believe family. Well, the thing about it as well is the fact that this was only originally ever shown in America. Yeah. So anybody who follows the, the Star Wars storylines or anything outside of America wouldn't have seen this at all. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just it's just a bit like, oh, I don't get that. It was just, it was in it, ad crisis, isn't it? Like, the Star Wars universe thing, Luke always understood what R2-D2 said. It's yeah. the stupid thing yeah. that they had, certain people understood the robot beeps and all that. Yeah. Luke was one of them, so I don't understand why they needed C-3PO to translate it. Yeah. And I don't know. Just it was just it was just full of so many things that wound me up. Immediately, one of them didn't wind me up until Amy pointed it out to me, which is about Mark Hamill wearing a shit ton more makeup than he needed. So yeah, his his hair looked really. Yeah. I think he, I wonder if he was making another film or something. Yeah, it I think it, like it had been made blonde. Yeah, it it, it his hair looked. I know obviously it's his hair is up, but it looked fake. His yeah. face was way too dark for what it should have been. Maybe yeah. it was just the lighting and the, the quality of it or whatever. Yeah, but it's just, but, yeah, it's, it annoyed me. I mean, there were a few things that I just, I, I couldn't. Um, the holographic circus thing mm-hmm. was just like, okay, this is mildly okay and yes it's great you've got all these holographic style ev- effects but it went on for about 20 minutes too long yeah it was just like and I, I, the other thing it's got to remember as well i suppose is this is made this was probably made to be aimed more at a, a child-friendly audience it was aimed yeah, yeah it is a pg that's, that's sort of what like don't get me wrong this made me really angry <laughs> for all the wrongs they've done for star wars but I looked at it from the point is if you're a kid in the 70s and you're a massive Star Wars fan, seeing this on TV would be so genuinely exciting. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you're seeing you're seeing your favourite characters and you're seeing different sides of like Chewbacca and his family. From yeah. that point of view, if it was like if you were there at the time it came out, you'd be so excited. I know I would have been as a kid. If I'd seen this, I would be so hyped up for it. Oh yeah, no, like, I, I get what you mean. I, I really do. I get it. That's like that's how I was trying to look at it. It made me so angry with everything they done wrong. <laughs> it's just all the inaccuracies. But the that's why I'm thing, trying to give it a chance. The one thing that kind of didn't fit in, and I didn't understand the point of having it on there really, apart from this is something to please the dads, maybe, was. Talking about the granddad's of, experience. This kind of thing where the granddad puts his helmet on to watch yep. what is effectively going to be Wookiee soft porn. Yep. Yeah. That ends up being a human woman singing. Yeah. Dressed in silver. And it was all a bit kind of like, 
And and this is supposed to be a kiddie sort of show, and it's a yeah. bit, I don't know. <laughs> there, there was a couple of bits that are very, very questionable. Yeah. I've got to say, like, I really liked the cantina scene because that music is one of the best bits of music. And to have someone able to sing to the cantina music, yeah. it was that was quite cool. There was bits that were like, actually, this is all right, to be fair. For its time, it was quite impressive. It and then was... there was moments that you just question everything and you're like, why? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't quite get the, the watching the cartoon of Boba Fett in the middle of it as well, because that was a bit like, yeah, it's, it, it confused the life, especially as the fact that Boba Fett doesn't get introduced until after all of that, which I yeah. think is quite weird. It's the fact that, like, when they actually meet him in the films, he's a bad guy working for Jabba the Hutt, not Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. But, so it was, but it's just, I, I, I get the fact, obviously, there's certain things that were added into the universe after that come out. I find no the fact that they couldn't make it accurate when they made it but it's just it was just the bits that annoyed me like and there was there was one bit that amy pointed out to me and i didn't actually notice until she did but when the the imperial soldiers are walking through and searching the house the big yeah. computer screen seemed to vanish very quickly yes and i felt i did feel sorry for lumpy who's the little wookie <laughs> when his teddy bear ripped up that bit was sad. That was unnecessary. I honestly couldn't get over the fact that the son's called Lumpy, the granddad's called Itchy. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that's the makes me laugh is the fact like you've got Chewbacca, whose name's obviously Shortland <laughs> Chewy. Marla, whose name is Shortland, and I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I'm not that brave. And Lumpy's one is short, is shortened from what it was, but even that, it still says Lumpy Room. Lumpy. Oh, it's just and like, it's just like weird. But I, I just, I mean, there were other things that got me. It's like, sort of, okay, hang on. So, right, the Wookies have to go through this kind of strange performance thing with these lights to open yeah. up this portal in space to get them through to this place where they can then celebrate Life Day. And they get through there, and the droids and all of the others are there before them. Yeah. How did they get there? Yeah, they didn't perform the magic thing. <laughs> How did they get in there? Um, just... You know, it was a bit like. Eh. And as for the the comedy bits with with uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Oh, uh, you mean the Coleman? The bits with the performance of making, yeah, oh, making the God. cake and and a couple of other bits with with him in that were just kind of like, what were they supposed to be? Because they weren't even very funny. No, yeah, it was just a bit. Uh. So, like I said, like Amy said, I get the fact that obviously in the seventies, this is obviously aimed at. <clears throat> well, certain parts of it are obviously aimed at a younger audience, and yeah. so it might have been funny to them and all that. But yeah, obviously, there's other bits that with the I'm never going to be able to say it again. But the Wookie soft pole, yeah, yeah, Wookie soft pole. That's just I'm never not needed. Not, <laughs> this is not a sentence that I had ever thought I would say or would come out of the mouth no. of my head. And then, but, and then an, an appearance by a a band who were pretty much past it by then, Jefferson Starship, to be honest, playing a song that wasn't actually one of their big hits. No. <laughs> just because it fit in with the whole... And the other thing is the fact that, without being funny, it's an hour and 37 minutes long, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd... the thing that got me was this this TV special is almost the same length as the horror film we watched. Oh, it's the thing I was looking at as well. It's the fact that like, when, I looked at it, when this aired on the TV. Yeah, obviously over in the states they've got their time differently. There's a lot of adverts in it, so this actually rang properly with the adverts for two hours. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't be bothered to sit and watch this for two hours. I almost no, didn't I have to, couldn't be bothered to watch it for half hour. I must, to be honest with you, I must, I must admit, I watched it in two bits because I got fed up. Yeah, I, I, I did find myself sort of realizing that I was paying a bit more attention to my phone when I watched the film. Well, no, but, I fell asleep the first time I watched it, and then I had to watch it again. No, I, I, I did. He was falling asleep. I, I had to poke him awake and be like, "Hello, there's a film." On. Yeah, it's, 
It was just really annoying because I'm saying I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I have been I mean, ever since to the me, first one. To me, this is this was. I mean, I don't know what sort of money they made from it in the way of merchandising or anything else, or or just the money from the from the revenue for making it. But this was just one huge cash in, and nothing else. There was no yeah, yes. apart no, it's from like, that. It's, even it's more than the fact that the Ewok movie. Like, honestly, what they could have done, instead of doing this, they could have had all, like, the characters appearing, but done more of an animated show with Chewbacca going back to his family, taking out all the weird jokes. Yeah. They could have just condensed it down to a little show with, like, maybe, like, um, Mark Hamill hosted it or something. They could have done so much more yeah, but, with, yeah. like, having to extend it out for two hours. The other problem I had was... When they first go to the trading post and Art Carney's there and the guy is there for the Imperial in my head all I could see was space balls. Yeah, it's, yes. I've got so much of a problem with that helmet. It's the fact <laughs> that I do, that's all I can see is space balls. Space balls. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, and I would say as much as I love the fact that is that parody film is amazing, that is thousand times better than this <laughs> and it's just it's annoying because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big star wars fan and it's the same it, i've never felt so wound up by a film i just or by I, anything i want i thought i thought this was over long it was boring and it was just rubbish yeah it's just that like you said they were jumping on the trend because star wars was such a different thing for that time yeah they I were was... just jumping on it to make the money and have well, oh look mark hamill's in it let's was... get the money from it i was quite surprised that uh that um uh what's her name carrie fisher had such a good voice yeah oh she had an amazing voice that woman is a was a goddess she was yeah. like amazing yeah, sing before so i was quite surprised by that I just, I, what I think was quite, the funniest bit out of this so far, and I actually thought fit better, the depiction of um, Harrison Folders, obviously Han Solo in the cartoon. Yeah. That yeah. was probably the best bit of that. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were all so weird. The cartoons were, were very weird. Just... The other thing you noticed about the whole, about, I noticed about the thing though, is the fact that they named Peter Mayhew and Anthony Daniels, who were both, you couldn't recognise them because they were in their costumes. They didn't, Name the guy who played R2D2. Oh, was it Ronnie? No, not Ronnie Barker. Um, um, yeah, I know they, what you're talking they, they didn't name him at all. If you kind of go, oh, was, was he out of favour? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kenny Barker. Kenny Barker, yeah. Yeah, no, it's just the thing is, he's on, he's on there, like on the cast list, but he's not actually on the thing as like he's there. No, he's not named. Just... Yeah. But then again, at that point, not many people knew that he was in the suit. And then they, I mean, they they do they do give some reference back. They they kind of show some clips back to other people and all this kind of thing. And it, just, as you say, when the cast list goes up at the end, there is reference to to people like Dave Prowse and people like that. But yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I, I I agree with both of you guys. This, this is blatantly just them jumping on the bandwagon for the fact that it was money. Yeah. And it's come out in uh, when this first aired was a year after the first film come out. And I don't even think it was a full year after it come out. So yeah. it's 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 blatantly them just trying to keep the revenue going in and coming in for it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Well, it's, we've watched it now. We can put that down as the as something we've done. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to our horror film. Our horror film is the 1974 original version of Black Christmas. Yeah. Uh, the director of this is uh, Bob Clark, who did some TV and short stuff in the 1980s. He made Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things in 1972 and Death Dream in 1974. Uh, the writer, uh, Roy Moore, he wrote a film called The Last Chase in 1981. Now, interestingly, I thought it Black Christmas has been remade twice, once yes. in 2006 and once in 2019. And both times, all they did was they adapted his original screenplay. Yeah. So effectively, he was the writer for all three versions of the same film. Yeah. <laughs> now, the cast this is Olivia Hussey. Uh, did some TV shorts in the 90s and, 20, uh, and the 2000, 2020s. 
she was in loads and loads and loads of films, but not very many of them that were horror or sci-fi. Um, we got The Cat and the Canary in 1978, Virus the End in 1980, Turkey <sighs> Shoot in 1982, Distortions 1988, Ice Cream Man 1995, The Gardener 1998, and Headspace in 2005. Uh, then we have, I can never work out how you pronounce this, Kia Duella. I think it's Duella. Yeah. Or Dula. I don't know. It is some TV shorts, uh, TVs and short stuff in the 70s, 80s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. He was the guy who played the main uh, astronaut in 2001. He was the one who played Dave. Yeah. Dave. Dave. Um, anyway, uh, he just did The Haunting of Julia in 1977, <laughs> Brainwaves, 1982, 2010, 1984, Alien Hunter, 2003, Space Station 76 in 2014, and Fahrenheit 451 in 2018. Mm-hmm. And we have Margot Kidder, who was overacting for, for the world, I think she was going for the world championship. Um <laughs> And short stuff in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. He was in the reincarnation of Peter Proud in 1975, Superman 1978, the Amityville Horror in 1979, Superman 2 in 1980, Superman 3 in 1983, Superman 4 1987, The Clown at Midnight in 1998, Death Foretold in 2004, and Halloween 2 in 2009. Um, but interestingly, she was also in the TV series of Smallville. Yeah. Which is oh, quite wow. <laughs> a weird thing. Um, <laughs> then we have John Saxon. Now, I'm not going to go through John Saxon. You're going to go through his list. We've already again. done this about three times. Anybody who wants to hear uh, John Saxon's full film uh, biography, filmography thing, listen to episode 41 when we did Battle Beyond the Stars because I did it on there. Um, yeah. The other thing I found interesting with this is that the voice on the phone was actually done by a mix of people. There was like three different people doing the yeah. voice on the phone. Okay. And one of them was a guy, was an actor called Nick Mancuso, who went on to do quite a lot of other stuff. Um, but it was just quite an interesting, interesting fact. There were other people in this. and Most of them only have big parts as far as it yes. went and the whole thing. So, you know. Uh, I've definitely gone any further than that. If you want to check out who else is in it and what else they did, have a look on the IMDb website. Yeah. That's all I ever do. Uh, the synopsis for this says During their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. That's yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> um, hmm. I, I was. I was quite fascinated by this film because I've never seen this film before, to be honest. And I was quite fascinated by it. The first thing that, that struck me was there's almost no music throughout the entire film. Yeah. Yeah, really that's strange. very weird. Especially for that sort of time. 70s and 80s, you normally got quite a bit of music and background yeah. music and stuff. Yeah. And there's almost none. And that's really kind of weird. And it it's, works quite well. Um, it's a bit slow. The pace of the film is a bit slow. As I say, Margot Kidder, I think, was overacting incredibly. Yeah, just... I mean, she was really going over the top for, for her role. <laughs> um, I've got to say, I quite liked this film. Um, I'm in agreement, actually. Yeah, much, much as it did, did get to the point near the end of Amy Kane sort of sitting there and every time I moved, she went, I'm going to punch you in a minute because you're making me jump. Well, no, it wasn't like, it's not scary. Like, obviously, it's, it's, coming from the resident non-horror person on the podcast, yeah. it's not scary. It's just, it is very slow. I agree with that. You kind of, at times, you're like, uh, anything going to happen? Yeah. But it's more, I think, realising yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's no music. So you're drawn in. Yeah. You're listening for like every little sound, the house creaking, the phone going, you're hearing everything. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's not scary as in like horror, like sort of jump 
jump scares it's more i would say psychological again because you're so drawn in and you're waiting just for a little movement in the corner because in the background you can see shadows going you can see him creeping through the house yeah but- there were bits as well that you were expecting to think uh, yeah one scene where the the older lady is in the toilet and she's moving the mirrors i was yeah. expecting like her to move it and he'd be there but that's like where i think where you start watching more modern horrors you're always expecting things yeah yeah this one is, say. it's, it's yeah. because we've watched so many more more modern films there were bits in it when i expected there to be jump yeah. scares or whatever there weren't because of the fact they didn't really do them like that yeah. oh this is the, the things i've i've watched I went. I went to the cinema to see and watched um, the two thousand and six version of this, and I'm not going to go into detail about how much my, my friends at the time chickened out and walked out of the cinema. But it's it's easy to tell the fact that it is just the same screenplay. They adapted bits, mm. but it's very easy to tell the fact that they modernised it, basically. They, I did, did re- didn't did realise until I watched it the fact that it is exactly the same house they used every single time. Oh, right. It's exactly the same sorority house that they used in every single film. Oh, I didn't know that. Which, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't. It's one of these films where I've heard of it, and yeah. I know it's been remade a few times, but I've never actually seen any of them. So I, I've got to admit, I did make myself feel a lot older. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's the 2019 one I've seen. I'm sure it is. And then it's only when I see this, the actual poster, I'm like, no, I see that a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I wasn't that young when I was that old when I saw it. I'm like, no, okay, I was. But yeah, it's it's. I agree with you. It's it's a very good film. It's it's a very, it's a lot more atmospheric than it is scary. I think yeah. it's a lot. It draws you in a lot, and you're expecting things, and then certain little bits when it happens, you're a bit you sort of. It freaks you out a bit. I mean, you uh, know, without giving away, because we're trying to do spoilers, although if you haven't seen this by now, then, you know, whatever. Um, but I've seen a few different films with the same basic idea as this, but I think this must have been one of the one of the first films with the idea of the fact that the calls were coming from yeah. where they were. Yeah. You know, well, just, you know, the one thing it, I did like about this is every single remake, and you think you then see it also with more modern films when they're doing tracing calls it's it's nice to see i know this is going to sound really really sort of like i'm trying to big up the whole technology is amazing and i'm not but the fact that how far we've come along with stuff like that because of the fact that they based it off of what was available at the time yeah to sit there and say they had to keep this person on the line for like five six minutes just to be able to trace out where it's from yeah, yeah. and sort of quite a few calls where nowadays it's look, we need you on the phone for at least a minute, oh, and it's it, it's a bit quicker to sort of do. But I mean, I think it's not always better. But it's it's say, also one of the things that Amy did watch, and she sat there in a group with me that I we need to make this film where people in a horror film have seen horror films. Yeah, because I agree with Amy, and I agree with the people, other people that I've seen reviews on this. Why is she being chased? She going to the basement. Like, I don't know. It's, it's what you do, but, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just I don't know. It's just I I liked it a lot. It's it's easy to tell with the remakes as well. The fact that a lot more things were acceptable as time went on. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, I know that in the sixties, seventies, and eighties, a lot of stuff was laxed anyway because there wasn't a lot of like the rules and regs about what actors can and can't do and say yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But now it's a lot more acceptable for the violence and certain yeah. things and it's very easy to tell watching the fact that i'm saying i've seen like the next one on which is really when you think about it it's sort of it's yeah it's a big gap difference in it but it's not that long ago when you think about how far we've come along in things and the acceptance of the killings in the, in the remake compared to yeah. what was actually shown in this one because it Again, the fact that you can tell, you know that stuff's going on, but you don't actually see the murders. What, what I, I thought was interesting about this is, uh, having spent a lot of time recently, as you have pointed out to me on numerous occasions, um, <laughs> having spent a lot of time recently watching 1980s films, watching something from the like early to mid-70s was actually how much better this film was mm. as a film. 
Yeah. You know, it, 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 it works so much better as a film. Yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, you do have a few bits of overacting. You've got the, the paces a bit slow in places. I did get completely and utterly fed up with the, the copper. He was a complete moron. Yeah. He kept getting everything wrong. Um, yeah. The other copper in the office who, for some reason, just kept laughing at everything. Yeah. Well, the, bit, the bit I found funny, actually, was the fact that at some points when the camera was on him, the noise of laughter was happening, but he wasn't actually laughing. Uh, yeah. it's, what I liked about this is the fact that it's a, a, a mid 70s film yeah. where there's basically 90% of the cast are female yeah. and there's no skin on show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I agree. Like, for a lot of, like we said, for a lot of 70s and 80s films, it was put in almost because of the fact that it could be. Yeah. And it was wasn't needed in this and wasn't put in. And I think, I think that goes to say a lot for what. This film was starting to achieve the sort of the fact well, that were, I mean, it wasn't just there it, for the sake of it. They were trying to sell all these films to sort of young teenage boys, yeah. And so that was what they that was what they did. But this, no, this I, I think, I really, I probably quite like this. As I say, it was a bit slow in places, yeah. a little bit dated in others, but it was quite an enjoyable film to watch. Um, I will say as well the fact that we've said about the fact that. The, the other two remakes are basically just carbon copies of it, but they're not as well. Oh, like, right. I know from the 2006 one that I've watched, it explains a lot more about the killer. Right. It explain, goes more into sort of his backstory and why he went to that house, why he was targeting the people, and why the things were being said on the phone. And right. It explains a bit more about it. It's still the same story, but it explains a bit more as the story's going on. I mean, I don't be wrong. I can see that that make the story different, but I'm not sure it would make it better for me. It it does and it yeah. doesn't because of the fact it explains a bit more why. Yeah. More, basically, explains more the reason why the phone calls are <laughs> dead and what he says on the phone and the 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 reasoning behind. Yeah. It oh, not, that that, but not that that justifies it at all. Like we said before, that almost the whole backstory bit sort of humanizes it, and it doesn't yeah. with this. And it yeah. does sort of, it does sort of with the with the other film. It humanizes it, and it's not just oh my god, he's doing it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, it's yeah. there is a reason behind it, and you're like, oh wait, god, if that hadn't happened, it wouldn't have happened. But <laughs> it's still the fact that he explains a little bit about it, and it's it's almost a, a just not a justification. I'm not saying it's sort of a bit more of a spin on it to sort of understand why it was going on, and it's yeah. not just pure shock. Right? This guy's there and he's killing them. Yeah. I might have to might have to see about watching the other two just to get an mm. idea. Of, yeah. I would I would say I haven't watched the 2019. I've seen bits of it, but not all the way through. But I'll definitely say the 2006 one is worth a watch. Okay, just purely just to see the slight differences in this in the two films. Well, maybe it's something we can look at next year. Yeah. Mm. Um, because also next year we want to do a decent few th a few things of that nature. Because we watched uh, one of the films we watched this year was the Puppet Masters. Which was a remake yes. of a 1954 film called The Brain Eaters, which I wanted to yeah. watch the original one and see what the yeah see see this is one I will say that but it's it's one of the few films where I can genuinely say that where people go oh well, they remastered it and it is so much better and I don't think actually that the remastered is better like the okay. the copy I think actually that this one because it goes into a lot more about the way pe people treat, even though the fact is from the seventies, the way people were treated back then, obviously that they were still kids, they were female, yeah. they were, they were seen as weak, and this is what you've got to do because we've said it, and this is, and there's still yeah, yeah. people out there today that still say that, still go, you're female, you need to do this, shut up and do as you told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It touches on a lot, like coming from obviously a female point of view for watching it. It's nice that not all the girls are running around half naked because it's really off putting when you're wanting to watch a good film and it's all like the same sort of thing, half naked women everywhere. But yeah. it touches on a lot of subjects that a lot of women are going through and have oh, been yeah. through that not a lot of films do because it's yeah, yeah. a very, very, very like tiny line of whether you should mention certain things. Yeah, it's, it's a but very this, controversial subject. This film does it not in a way 
where it's wrong they bring it up just enough like certain subjects that you're mm. like oh okay and like seeing how the man's reaction is to it and you're seeing it from a different point of view but yeah, it, yeah. I, this is one i would watch again i really yeah. really enjoyed it like I, it was it's, it's 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 very as we said it's 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 more atmospheric than than square scare and it's it's more yeah. about the the, the individual personalities and that sort of thing, which is really interesting to watch. I would I would definitely say it's frustrating in places because you're shouting yeah. at the characters. I understand why people who watch horror from like a certain genre shout at the TV like, why are you going out there? <laughs> I can under I can finally say I understand it. Because yeah, getting to the end of this film, I was shouting at the TV like, yes. just go. Yeah, <laughs> I a, finally understand. Yeah, it's the part where he goes, he goes, get out of the house. And she didn't. And oh, at one point, I just was able to sit there and go, Who was your toe? And I'm like, Pretty I sure. I understand now. Pretty sure. I was like, Would you not do the same situation if you were in a film? Like, no. Well, stop being your friend then. But. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. Well, it's, it's cool. Yeah, as I say, so I, I think we would definitely recommend uh, yes. Black Christmas as a, as a good film to have a watch of. Uh, not necessarily so the Star Wars Christmas the holiday special, but you know, hey, if you want to be a Star Wars completist and you want to watch everything, feel don't. free. Um, <laughs> don't honestly, it will upset you. I, I, I can honestly say that if I never saw this again, I wouldn't be overly upset. Um, it, the only thing I take solace in is that it's not Starship Invasions. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> Oh, can you imagine a TV special for all to do with Starship Invasions? No. <laughs> no. Hey. Okay. So there we are. This is uh, this is our last proper review show of the of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have a show where we're going to round up our thoughts for the things for the year and all that kind of thing, which we'll do. But this is our last actual review. I would definitely say Black Christmas has got Amy's stamp of horror approval. If we'll you're a to... wuss like me, I'll put my stamp on it. We'll have to... we'll have to... If you're a wuss like Amy, this horror film is fine. Yes. We'll have to see if we can work out a logo to put on, on the, the things so it's good yep. sort of like... Gets Amy's stamp of approval. It's going to be my new segment. I'm going to bring it in every time I draw it. Like Amy's stamp of approval. We need to talk to one of the guys we know that does the little little picture stickers that you can link to things and to put that. So next time anyone's looking out for the symbol, they just need to see Amy's picture like that. Yeah. Thumbs up. My new segment for your next year of podcasting. I'm going to bring my segment in. So we're going to do it. Just. Next time, next year, if any if there is any ones, we might just put like a massive star across the thing. Amy approved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna try and change things up a bit next year, but we will talk more about that in the next show. Yes. Uh, but more expect more of the same, and it's been wonderful this uh, year to do these things. Yeah, it's, it's um, been a bit all over the place with. I mean, yeah. but that's because of things going on and Illness, illnesses. And... Illnesses of ours, illnesses within the family, things going on within, you know, people have lives, including us at some point. Um, yes, people keep <laughs> telling me I need to get one, so I don't know why. I'm... I would like to thank, thank you, Amy, for joining us today and for any other time you've joined throughout the year. Thank you for having me again. I've done two horror movies in it's one been, week. It's been I'm really quite good. proud. I love the way you looked at me like you were going to get some sort of... <laughs> Thank you for having me. I really enjoy doing this. It's fun. I, I enjoy I enjoy you being here doing it. It's good to have a, a, a occasional sane voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the voice of someone that actually knows a little bit what's coming out of the mouth before okay, it actually does. You, so you can put that on your CV, the voice of sanity yes. in, a, in a mad world. I never thought I'd be able to say that ever. <laughs> And I'm the one that can actually talk. Normally, I can't. Yeah, no, yeah. If this was face to face, you'd be sitting here curled up in a bowl. But and thank you, Scott, for being part of the show as always. I'm glad I have some uses, I suppose. I I've always said I don't care what anybody else says. I I disagree with them completely. You you are useful. Um. <laughs> 
I love the way that that, that, that gave me a random eight compliment and you tapped me like a seal of approval. Stop. Yeah. That's, it, that's what I'm going to get you. That's going to be your, that's going to be your next birthday present, man. It's just going to be a stamp that says Amy approves. And I'm going to probably come on to the next podcast with one on my head. With a, with a thumb like that. <laughs> yeah. With eye on the hand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you both for being on show and thank for who's here. Who's here? Who's here? Who's here? Who's here? Who's here? Who's here? Yeah. Thank you to everybody and anybody out there listening and uh, tuning in and watching and whatever. Um, we will be back. Let's say next week we have a, a kind of end of year roundup and then after that. We expect to be back around the beginning of February, I think. Yes. Give us a yes, chance we're planning to sort on things out and plan things and stuff. Run up a list of what we're going to do and yeah, possibly try and stick to it this year. Yeah. I, re- I, I, I tried that this year. I tried writing a list out of all the films I wanted to do. I rewrote the list about eight times. <laughs> and not all, of it was because, not all of it was because films weren't available anymore. It's because he realised mm. that he had actually put one of them. He realised he put a film in twice. And then I then yeah, yeah, it completely towards the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this year we'll try and find films that aren't going to suddenly disappear on us or be absolutely rubbish versions. Or from the eighties. I'm not going to guarantee that there oh, will right, be right, right. No, not I'm so not many from the eighties. I'm not going to guarantee that there will be absolutely no nineteen eighties films. It's not so many because it felt like every week we done one. <laughs> I know. The thing about it is that the 1980s was a very big year for horror and science fiction films. Yes, but none of them were good. No, well, no, <laughs> no I think some, there were a few of them that weren't bad. That's going to be your review for this year, is it? Yeah. Of all the films we've done throughout the year, and there's one a week, or no, three a week in some cases, some weren't bad. Yeah. <laughs> My, my my review of the 1980s horror and science fiction output of the Western world is some of them weren't bad. Yep. <laughs> Give you a Yorkshire approval. Yeah, they're all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. So thank you to everybody for tuning in and everything. And we will be back next week with a final roundup and uh, like that. Thank you, everybody. And goodbye. Bye. Bye. The Sci Fora Film Podcast. The Sci-Fi Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast. <laughs>